Welcome back to Health Talk by TriHealth, a monthly podcast to help you take charge of your own health care and lead a healthier, happier life. I'm Tom Tumbush. While the human body has an amazing capacity to repair itself, damaged or unhealthy tissues can slow healing down or even prevent it. Until recently, much of the damage caused by traumatic injuries and a variety of diseases couldn't be reversed. All that could be changing thanks to a relatively new field known as regenerative medicine. Recent advances in molecular biology and tissue engineering suggest it may be possible to stimulate the body's natural healing power to regenerate cells, tissues, and someday perhaps even entire organs like the liver and kidneys. It's too soon to tell whether regenerative medicine will achieve these ambitious goals, But this research is already giving new hope to patients and new treatments to the medical community. Here in Cincinnati, it's already being used to treat chronic tendon injuries, osteoarthritis, and acute ligament and muscle injuries. To help you understand what regenerative medicine already offers us today, I've asked Dr. Andrew Islam from the TriHealth Orthopedic and Sports Institute to join me in the studio. Dr. Islam is an orthopedic surgeon with extensive experience in specialized care for athletes, from weekend warriors to professionals. Before joining TriHealth, he served as a team physician for the Cleveland Metropolitan School District and John Carroll University. He also assisted with team medical coverage for the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Indians, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Today, he's the team physician for Sycamore Junior and Senior High Schools. Also with us here today is Jake Hubbard of Montgomery, who has firsthand experience of the dramatic results regenerative medicine is making possible. Dr. Islam, Jake, welcome to Health Talk. Uh, Dr. Islam, tell us a little bit about regenerative medicine and kind of where it is today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of a hot-button topic in medicine. Regenerative medicine is is really a catch-all term for quite a few different treatments that we have. Um, I think general public a lot of times will refer to these as, as stem cell treatments. And, um, you know, at, at least in our world, that's not truly an all-inclusive term for these because there are about four or five different treatments that fall in this. And and the idea is, is that what we're eventually hoping to do is to try and get the body to regenerate tissue. Now, we're not quite at that uh, point, but we can use uh, these treatments to augment surgeries um, and to improve function, um, mm-hmm. at least in certain conditions that we've had trouble doing that to date. So now we hear a lot about stem cells in the news and whatnot, but what, what exactly are they? So a stem cell itself is is a cell, uh, which is, you know, is like a basic unit of the body, but it's mm-hmm. a cell that can become other cells. Um, so, you know, really, if you think about it, when, when we first begin to exist and we're one cell, that cell becomes every type of cell we have, whether it's heart cell, you know, lung cell, muscle, and, and so that's what we would call a, a pluripotent stem cell, meaning it can become every other type of cell. What we're talking about here is what we call multipotent stem cells. So they're already gone down. They've differentiated a little bit, as we would say, and become a different type of cell. But for instance, um, for sake of discussion, what we're doing um, with the musculoskeletal system, these are what we call MSCs, mesenchymal stem cells, which means that they are cells that are capable of becoming the tissues that we treat in orthopedics or sports medicine, such as bone, uh, muscle, tendon, cartilage. So they behave kind of like the the pluripotent stem cells that you mentioned before, but there's just not as many different things that they can 
morph into. Would that be correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. They're a relative. They're just a little further down the line. So. Okay. And then like apart from stem cells, if I'm not getting too far off topic, what other types of therapies go into regenerative treatments? Absolutely. You know, um, there's really probably four main ones that we're using uh, today. You know, uh, at the most basic level and, and still a very good treatment is some we call PRP, platelet-rich plasma, mm-hmm. um, which is a treatment where we draw blood from the body, um, spin it down, and we isolate a certain part of that, the plasma. And, and the idea is that it has a lot of molecules in it that we call growth factors. And those are little uh, little compounds that signal tissues to become inflamed, to heal. They, they mediate that process. Um, so what you're doing is kind of delivering a big burst of these to these tissues to try and stimulate healing. Um, the next level up, uh, you know, is, is really when we talk about the stem cells themselves. Um, and, and there's two ways to go about that. One is what we call, we will kind of call BMAC, which stands for bone marrow aspirate, meaning that we will draw some bone marrow from a patient, spin that down and inject it. The difference is that has the growth factors, but it also potentially has the stem cells. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's, the stem cells themselves, uh, which there's a couple ways that we can obtain those even from a different, you know, person or a, a different donor and then give them to the patient. And then finally, um, what, what James had here is uh, amnion. It's rich in, in what we call these growth factors to try and stimulate healing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, John, we also go by Jake. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your experience before um, you came to see Dr. Islam. You were having some knee trouble, I understand? Uh, yeah. I've actually had a pretty long history of knee problems when I was uh, I was a, I was a lacrosse and football player in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, I, was, I was not anything special, but pretty good. But you uh, were athletic yeah, and, uh, and active. But uh, so what ended up happening, actually, is I actually, uh, our weightlifting training actually Overstrengthened my quads so much that mm-hmm. I was just running down the field during a lacrosse game, and managed to basically rip my AC or rip my thigh bone like over my knee, Ooh. and kind of so it just tore my ACL, smashed my bones together, cracked a bunch or cracked something in there, and you know lost most of my meniscus when I was 17, and then a year later I tore it all uh, tore it again, mm-hmm. and so I basically been having knee surgeries since I was 17 to either correct, you know, a uh, new meniscus tear or try and find a, we found a piece of bone in my knee a few years ago. Mm. Um, and then I finally tore it uh, for a third time about four or five years ago. And I just decided to let it go for, there was no, I wasn't playing sports anymore or anything. So I thought I'd be fine, but eventually the arthritis and the kind of pain and swelling from it all um, just started to really interfere with my activity and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So I decided to go see Dr. Islam to see if I could get it repaired, not really aware of the fact that we could try and address something like my arthritis um, or anything directly, Um, but that's what we ended up doing. So you'd had a couple of surgeries before Mm -hmm. that, and then when this third injury happened, you just kind of you know, let it go. But it sounds like the the pain was to the point where it was interfering with like yeah. ordinary life, not just athletic. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it wasn't like I was running marathons or anything. It was more like, I mean, even just standing around, you know, if I go to a football game or something like that, I'd come home after two hours of standing up and my knee would kind of be, you know, a balloon Ugh. and couldn't really bend it or anything. If I tried to go for a jog or something like that, same thing would happen. So it was really just 
interfering. And uh, that was the primary consideration before I'd have to do anything. And that really kind of gets in the way of being active really quickly, especially I'm not too old yet. So, yeah. <laughs> so like when you, when you first met Dr. Islam, about how old were you? Um, I mean, I was 28. So it was last year. Um, I'm 29 now. So, okay. um, it wasn't too long ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what, did you ultimately decide to do about Jake's problem? Yeah, Jake has a tough problem. Um, you know, especially having been through a few ACL reconstructions that, um, when I say failed, meaning he retore, and then he came in with this arthritis as well. In addition, and and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like instability in the knee. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, just too young a man to to really be limited in that fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we kind of said we have to pull all the stops here, you know, and, and talked about reconstructing the ACL. And then we had a pretty honest discussion about augmenting it after, you know, mm. with, uh, one of these type treatments. And like I said, we ended up using the, um, amniotic fluid in his knee with a total of two shots, I believe yep. over about a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even myself, I've been really happy with how he's done. So, yeah, it's been unbelievable. Um, actually. I mean, even after my very, like the first, after my very first uh, uh, ACL, um, like the healing process for uh, with these stem cells was just night and day different. Um, I mean, my knee was swollen for months, um, you know, hurting, stiff, and I mean, bruised everything. Prior to and the stem cell pri treatment, yeah. Prior to this. I mean, like the treatment itself actually came, what, what was it, five Five days after, five days. Uh, five days after the surgery, mm -hmm. and so I, it was just like all the other ones up to that point. Uh, and then I went and got a stem cell injection after five days, uh, and then within about a week, you know, uh, let's see, my my incisions had all healed, uh, the swelling was almost gone. I mean, that's just never happened to me, and I've had quite a few of these, and a lot of them that were also not nearly as involved as this particular one. And the recovery was just so much, so much easier. And that was before we even got to the point we're at now where I'm actually still not seeing the swelling or the pain or the instability that I was having before. So your condition, condition started improving right away. Yeah. I mean, it, just yeah. the, like the level of like the aggressive healing process was just, you know, very different than yeah. uh, what I was used to. You were, you were seeing results within about a week. Dr. Yeah. Islam, is that typical? For That's pretty fast, actually. You know, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it depends on what we're treating. Um, you know, if we're using this to treat arthritis, different than Jake's situation, just pure arthritis and we're injecting it without any kind of surgery. Honestly, we tell people it's it's probably a few months that they're going to notice difference over mm -hmm. um, versus just you know a couple weeks. Um, but it has been our experience using it in the in the post surgical setting right after surgery that yes, these patients seem to respond pretty quick to it. Excellent. So, Jake, what's your experience been like since then? Then, uh, well, I mean, it's pretty. It's, I mean, it's been a lot easier on me as a patient, um, but. Uh, so it's like the, I mean, I've gone through the ACL repair and rehab. It's been, you know, relatively similar in that fashion, but really the big difference has been how I've been experiencing it. It's just not all the kind of uh, the major obstacles that really come with this, like flexibility um, and stability and then pain and swelling and all that stuff. It really just wasn't an issue. It was gone before we, before I even really was involved in, or started to get to because at first your rehab is really just, you know, trying to hold on to what's there, mm -hmm. you know, your muscle and stuff. 
Um, but by the time I was actually, you know, walking around and stuff, uh, the swelling was just not a problem anymore. And I mean, and then that point I could actually notice that the arthritis pain and the reactive swelling from that was also not really materializing. And then now I've been, so it's been, I believe a little over six months since my surgery and, you know, uh, I don't still don't have any problems whatsoever with any of those things. So awesome. it's been really great. Um, and how active are you today? Uh, I'm very active. I mean, I usually work out at least four, four to five days a week. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm a teacher, so I don't really, you know, I'm not working construction That's active. or anything. But yeah, but <laughs> You're I mean, on your I feet am, all yeah, day. Exactly. You know, so, you know. um, so, yeah, and I have, you know, none of the former restrictions that I have to, I used to have like I can go stand at a football game or something like in a baseball game uh for hours and mm -hmm. you know not even know that I did it when I got home you know <laughs> and are you, are you able to to run and things like uh, that I or? just started jogging a little bit as part of my therapy we've been taking it a little slow just because I because I have done the messed this up several Dr. times Dr. Islam's <laughs> got a big grin yeah. on his face over here yeah that's probably um, me holding him back more yeah. than anything well <laughs> so. uh, I'm holding myself back too because I I tend in I've always had the tendency to kind of you know want to run before I walk and so I know that and after 3 of these um you know, there's, I can only do this so many times, Sure, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's been going about as well as I could have hoped for. Oh, good. So what, what advice would you give to somebody else who's considering this type of therapy? Um, I mean, it's not, uh, the one, uh, the one piece of advice I think I would give, um, is to, I mean, number one is to think about it because anybody that's had major joint problems like this, um, I mean, it's not applicable in every situation, but if it is, I think it's something that's really you should seriously consider because it really has upped my quality of life in ways that I don't really, I have not encountered anything else that has really improved the problems that I was having this way. I mean, I've done a ton of therapy and all that kind of, which all helps, but it hasn't really been able to affect me this way. Um, the The only real consideration I would say is that I mean, it's not going to just night, you know, overnight get this injection and all of a sudden you're 20 years old again. But mm -hmm. at the same time, this is about as close to that as I've come You're, you're in a unique yeah. position to have yeah. that perspective having done yeah, exactly. these procedures both ways. So. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Dr. Islam, now, you know, you and I know that regenerative treatments are legal, but there seems to be some confusion about that. Um, where, where do concerns about the legality of regenerative medicine come from, and what's the real story? Yeah, that's, it's, <clears throat> it's a really important question, actually. Um, there are FDA rules on actual stem cells and manipulating the stem cells, mm -hmm. uh, meaning, you know, making them multiply or change. Um, and so certain treatments that have been tried in the past have been ruled, um, I'll say not completely kosher, you know, with FDA standards and those aren't done, you know, in the mm -hmm. U S anymore. Not um, since what, like about 2009, I think. Correct. Right around there. In place, yeah. Um, so, you know, all, all the treatments we mentioned here, what you're allowed to do is, is take a sample from a patient or obviously if it's donated from somewhere else, but if you take a sample from a patient, you're just not allowed to manipulate those cells. That's actually what the FDA guideline is so we can you know narrow them down pull off the bad stuff and then re-inject them right back mm -hmm. and so that's basically a, a simple version you know of the rule 
I think that some of the probably some of the controversy around it stems or comes from just the term stem cell, um, because I mean, a few years ago, the there was a lot of debate about how we harvest stem cells and the nature of those stem right. cells, and I think that medicine has progressed down a different al- or different route than pe- it was at the time then, and I think that so some of the controversy I think is bled over into this. Uh, scenario i guess yeah i think you're you're absolutely right i mean it uh there's definitely these these kind of connotations that come along with it um uh but like i said and actually a lot of the treatments that we are actually talking about um with the prp and the others don't even involve actual stem cells and and that's again why we use the term either biologics and orthopedics or regenerative medicine to try and include those other ones as well excellent how easy is it to get insurance coverage for regenerative procedures they seem very new that's it's a very good question. Currently, it's it's not covered by insurance in most cases. So this is something that the uh, patient does have to pay out of out of pocket. Um, now, we're hoping you know that that changes. Um, when I say in the relatively near future, in our world, that can mean a few years. But uh, obviously, the more evidence that comes out, and every year we're seeing that, as far as our clinical research goes, the more and more that goes towards it being eventually you know covered and picked up by insurance companies. Um, but I think it's a good point, and and I think that's why it's important for patients to to understand it, and I think have an open mind to it, like Jake said, but to also have an honest discussion with the physician about it and what it can truly do, or what we can say, you know, ethically, what we think it can do at this point, and what we have the evidence mm-hmm. to say it can do. Well, it's definitely an exciting and emerging field. Um, the the research that's going on now uh, does it suggest anything promising that we're likely to see in the next five to 10 years or so? I, I mean, you know, I would say yes. I, I Even myself, I, I came down here from, from the Cleveland Clinic in 2003 and started down here and we're what, 2000, not 2003, forgive me, <laughs> 2010. And even in the last eight, nine years, um, how much we've incorporated this into our practice has changed quite a bit. You know, I, I think the holy grail is to say, can we regenerate tissue? And, you know, I don't know if that's what you're hinting at, um, obviously we can't say that yet and we don't have the ability to do that. Um, you know, and there's really been no research to show that truly happens. Uh, we have seen some remarkable things though, using these, like I said, as augments, um, when we talk about ACL reconstruction, when we talk about, uh, um, cartilage surgeries for defects in the knees or rotator cuffs in the shoulder and, um, the ability for that, these materials to help promote the healing of that tissue in situations where a lot of times we have trouble getting these these things to heal. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to more exciting developments in regenerative medicine sometime soon, hopefully. Thank you very much for joining me today, Dr. Islam. Jay, appreciate you being with me Thanks on Twitter. Thank you. You've been listening to Health Talk by TriHealth, where care professionals help you to stay up to date on proactive healthcare strategies and to live a healthier lifestyle. Next month, we'll be talking about maternal cardiac care. Pregnant women with heart conditions present unique challenges to the healthcare system that create additional risks. But a new program right here in Cincinnati may be able to help women with cardiac issues have the baby they've always dreamed about. I hope you'll join us. You can listen to Health Talk at Cincinnati.com, at TriHealth.com, or search for Health Talk by TriHealth on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, or your favorite podcast source. This is Tom Tumbush. Thanks for listening.
This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It should not be relied upon to make a diagnosis or for treatment purposes. And this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. Please consult your healthcare provider or contact TriHealth to make an appointment if medical attention is needed. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals interviewed and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of TriHealth or any of its affiliates. This podcast is the copyrighted work of TriHealth, which owns the exclusive rights thereto. Unauthorized use, copying, and dissemination are illegal. Copyright 2018, TriHealth. All rights reserved.